note to my white friends. Don't embrace me with your false hope. Don't come into my life being colorblind. <laughs> Don't diminish what I experienced because you haven't experienced it for yourself. Don't take my hurt as an opening for you to speak on your pain about my mistreatment. Don't tell me how uncomfortable it is for you to confront someone in a moment when I live in discomfort daily at the hands of people who look just like you. Don't look me in the face and profess your love for me and humanity, but accept the behaviors of those who hate me. Don't remain silent. Your silence is your acceptance. This incident has been hard as probably an understatement because it has been mentally and emotionally draining for me. And since the release of part two, a few things have transpired. One was that Jessica immediately called me to let me know that she understood that I needed to put this out. She called me to reassure me that she understood that I was hurt and she hated that I went through that. And I made sure to let her know me putting it out wasn't about hurting her, but it was because I needed to put it out there because I wanted people to see what these experiences look like. The part that I think a lot of us don't necessarily see, especially from the white side. Let's just, let's just say things how they are. So I was, I was encouraged by that because I felt like, okay, she, she realizes something has happened and she's hearing me. As I said in part two of episode six, I knew I needed to step back. I needed to step back and process everything that had happened as well as I needed her to process what, what had happened. I told her that I just needed space because it was even hard for me going into work and being surrounded by a bunch of white people who I thought I had, you know, decent relationships with. And it's not even about me being friendly with them, but you feel like these people have a certain level of respect for you. And so now I'm, I'm even questioning that. And I'm frustrated at the idea that I have to go into this space and I can't even like be, be hurt. I got to put on a happy face, honestly, you know, because hey, the bills still got to get paid. I'm, I'm having a really, really tough time with it all. I got a lot of feedback through Facebook Messenger. I had a few messages on my Instagram and a few emails, actually. So it, I was getting hit from all sides with people from both sides of the fence. You had people of color who were reaching out to me. And the reason I'm saying people of color is because not all of them were black. And you had white males and females who were talking to me about what was going on as well. And I was, I was getting a lot of stuff. I was getting everything from the older black people that, you know, A, are in my life and some who were perfect strangers who were basically telling me that this is why I feed white people that I'm associated with, with a long handed spoon. And I remember growing up, I remember, you know, at different points in my life, me being told, I trust white people too much. I get too close to white people. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like, whatever. I, I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept that as a reality that if given the opportunity, right or wrong, a white person will always choose one of their own over you, regardless of whether you're right or wrong. And now that's all coming back to me. And you have, like I said, you have people who are reaching out to me and reiterating that to me, strangers and people that I, I actually know. And then you have people who are across borders who are telling me, no, Natasha, you have every right to be upset. Because as a white woman, 
she should have spoken up. As your friend, even more so she should have spoken up. So for me, I'm reading all of these things and I'm trying to process how I'm moving forward. And I'm committed to the idea that there's grace. Whenever you really don't feel like something is done with malice or with ill intentions, for me anyway, I'm not going to discredit somebody because we, we, we make mistakes. Sometimes those mistakes are horrible. And I wanted to believe that I was strong enough and forgiving enough to walk it, walk it back and say, okay, you know, this is my friend. I'm not going to allow a moment to define my, my future with her, a moment to define what my relationship has been with her. So I start looking back on everything and I'm like, no, I said that she's my friend. I say I love her. I say I value our friendship. So, and she's, she's, you know, reassuring me of the same thing. She's telling me that she wants to understand that she wants to do better, you know, and she specifically say, stated that she wants to learn more so she can help white people to understand the role that they play in a lot of the racist situations that occur on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm, again, being hopeful. I'm, you know, believing that th this can be worked through. And as, you know, the hours rolled along, as the days went past, I, I tried to look at it from the stance of, okay, if you're forgiving, like, let's, let's move forward. And, you know, let's move forward in a, a, a better sense. But what I didn't realize was, I'm pretty sure Jessica just still kept her head down. And let me go ahead and let y'all, you know, people can call this part childish, crazy, whatever. But th this is just the, the world that we live in. This is the manner of communication for a lot of people. And one of the conversations that I had with Jessica was it hurt that I still felt like I'm over here dealing with this big boulder on my back, knowing everything that happened. And meanwhile, her and Amanda are skipping through the daisies like nothing happened. And she said to me, how do you know I didn't talk to her? And I was like, well, I don't know that, but I don't feel like you did, you know? And she told me that, you know, well, you know, I'm not a confrontational person, you know, in that moment, it was hard for me. I said, I understand that, but you're not the victim. You're not the victim. You, you knew all of this stuff going into it. And she's like, you're right, but you don't know what conversations we've had on the back end. Me being the trusting person that I am, I said, okay, you know what? I'll have to trust that she addressed it. And so move forward, I'm noticing that the interaction on social media between the two of them has not changed. Now I am thoroughly triggered. I'm upset because, so we're really just going to act like this, this didn't happen? We're really going to act like what she did was fine? No. Because I had already made it blatantly clear to Jessica, if Amanda were to ever come out here again, do not put us in the same room together because odds are I was going to drag her physically, not just verbally, but physically, because I was that enraged by what had happened and the fact that I did not respond in any manner, in any manner to make her understand what she was doing was wrong. And, you know, for lack of better statement, I don't trust myself being around her and not losing my shit. So she knew how, how much I had a disdain for Amanda. And I'm looking at them interact on social media. And whenever I see that Amanda is, you know, in, you know, in essence, moving without a care in the world, I reference that situation and I flat out tell her, you know, uh, because she, she responded back to me, you know, in a very joking way that I was adorable. And she put like a little kissy face. And <laughs> I, I responded back and I told her, I was like, you can keep your racist lips to yourself. 
and I put a couple of emojis. One was, you know, one finger pointing up, which was definitely not saying she was number one. And the other was, you know, the peace sign. It was just me ending the thing. Like, I see you. I see you. And at that point, she blocked me. She blocked me. So I reached out to Jessica and I took screenshots and I sent it to her. And I was like, this is what it is. I'm done. I'm done. Because what I realized in that moment was that le level of negativity. I didn't, I didn't need it for my life. And as much as my friend Jessica knows me, for her to be okay with A, how the incident happened, B, interacting with her friend as though nothing happened, C, allowing me to still kind of stand on the outside and feel like, well, they just, you know, it, I, don't, I don't matter. That sort of negativity for me is just, it's, it's unnecessary. There's nothing to gain out of it for me. And at that point, that's when I realized, like, I don't need this friendship because it wasn't a friendship. It was, it was an association maybe, but the level of care and concern that I took for her well-being and her safety, granted, she may have never, ever been able to match it. But even in the simplest form, whenever I ask for you to cover me and you can't, that tells me that you're not my friend. That tells me that you don't care about me and I have to let it go. And yes, I was hurt. Yes, I cried. Yes, I was just, you know, just done, just broken, you know, for, and I'm not even going to say for a moment because I, I know this is going to be a, a process for me to go through. But the more I thought about it, the more I just realized that it is not my job to, to educate her. It is not my job to make her understand beyond me simply telling what the experience was from my, from my side, even though she was there, but she didn't want to hear that. She didn't want to address what it was because it, it was too difficult. Not thinking of the fact that if you say that I'm, you know, your friend, you realize that I live with that difficulty every day. And maybe not in as dramatic of a way every day, but just me as a black woman walking into an environment every day at work where I am definitely the minority as a female and as a black woman. The, the fact that I have to contend with people possibly not even valuing my intellect and my input in a professional setting because I'm, I'm diminished as a woman and as a black woman. The fact that whenever I walk into a store, do I have to worry about me being hounded by somebody because they think that I can't afford whatever, whatever item it is that I'm looking at or touching. Like there's all of these things that, you know, I don't want to say that we're predisposed to believing and feeling, but we are because of experience, because of, you know, the things that we've seen either for ourselves or people who look just like us for no other reason outside of them being black. That's what my day-to-day -day life looks like. That's what my day-to-day -day mentality has to be, to fight for myself. And as my friend who saw this happen, to not be able to cover me, it, it, it put a lot of things into question. And, and an unfortunate truth is that it also made me start looking at everybody else who looks like her that I've gotten near or that I've allowed to get near me. It made me start to replay the statements of no matter how right you are, they will never, ever choose you over one of their own, one of their own. That's, that's a very real statement because regardless of how right I was that day, I wasn't white enough that day. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow because that's the only thing that I can see that made her choose her over me because I was actually right. I didn't do anything at all. There was another part of the conversation that, um, that happened, started to replay in my mind, was that Jessica referenced this black guy that she used to date. I remember siding with her because I was like, that, that's crazy that because his parents don't want him to be with someone other than a black woman, that they would hold it against you. Even if you got, you know, even if y'all do have a good relationship that he can't marry somebody who's not black or date somebody who's not black. 
when this happened, I actually had a brief conversation with her of, had you actually married, had you actually continued to date this guy and you potentially get married to him and one of your friends, one of your family members starts to degrade and berate him because of the fact that he's black? What would your response have been? Because what your track record is showing me right now is that you can't choose what's right over what's white. And she didn't respond to it because at that moment she was, you know, in an extremely emotional state because, you know, I'm telling her how much that situation hurt me and bothered me that she didn't, she didn't respond to it. And I don't even know if she heard it, but that's the truth. If you can't even defend your friend in one moment, how is it that you can date a black man and cover him? Whenever you go around your family who may disagree with your relationship, whenever you go around your friends who may disagree with your relationship, just thinking about all of these things, it just, it, like I said, it puts me in an extremely awkward place whenever it comes to looking at my own social circle, when it comes to looking at my professional circle, when it comes to how I even prepare my own daughters. Because of course my daughters are aware of what happened, but I also don't want my children to grow up and look at somebody based on the color of their skin and have a negative notion about them. So I have to figure out how do I help them to understand that things like this might happen. And it's not because she's a white woman. It's because she's a weak white woman. It's because she's a timid white woman. It's because she's a white woman who does not want to exercise the authority that she has in a situation where she can cover for somebody else because it makes her uncomfortable. I don't know how to explain that to my children. And we're just at this awkward place. And I know this is going to take a process for me to grow through and go through. But the reality is, is that what I've, what I've experienced in recent days is nothing different. It's nothing new. There's plenty of people who are going through it. There are plenty of relationships, interactions, and friendships that are going through this. And my desire in, in talking about all of this is not, and I, I will continue to reiterate this, it is not about Jessica specifically. It is because I want people to hear, this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. These incidents are not in a vacuum. They are not in a bubble. They do not exist there. And all the residuals will be within that moment in time. Because here we are well beyond the incident. And I'm still grappling with how do I continue to build friendships in a way that I feel like friendships should be built, not based on skin color, not based on social, socioeconomic standings, not based on wealth, not based on religion, not based on gender, sexuality, none of that. If I really want to go out and, and live and walk out the things that I believe should exist, you know, the statement says, you know, be the change you want to see. I don't even know how to be that change right now because I don't know how to look at my white associates, my white friends, and not start to get a little bit timid and say, what day is the day that, you know, my friend so-and-so, who happens to be a white person, is going to leave me out to dry like Jessica did? What, what day is that? What moment is that? Am I going to be going and hanging out with them and I'm scared to be myself because I'm scared of th that moment happening whenever I let my guard down? I don't know what that looks like moving forward. And I'm, I'm trying to make sure that as per usual, Tasha stays true to Tasha, that I'm still very much me every day, all day. But unfortunately right now, Tasha is timid <laughs> and, and not timid in, a, in a, a fearful way, but timid in regards to 
uh, being uncertain, being uncertain. That's what it is. It's not necessarily timid, but I'm uncertain on how to, how do I continue to be me with my white counterpart? I know this is not something that is going to, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and light bulb. Yay. Everything's great. Now I know exactly what to do. I know this is going to be a process. This is going to be me figuring out just how much of myself to give and just how much of myself to keep guarding with the knowledge that there may be some truth to that statement, that no matter how right I am, I will never be white enough. No matter how uncomfortable I am, they may never ever want to walk in a moment of discomfort for me. So I appreciate those of you who have listened and have taken this horrible journey, <laughs> horrible journey with me. I appreciate the feedback from, you know, all sides of, you know, of this issue. I genuinely hope that everybody who is listening to this take a moment and look at where you are in the climate that we are we are in today. Let's stop acting like racism isn't real. Let's stop that. Let's stop saying, you know, we're colorblind because in order to ad address an issue, you have to see it for what it really is. You can't look at cancer and say, oh, well, you know, it's just a mass. No, like you have to define what that mass is. Racism is not based on as someone you know mentioned today in this back and forth that was being had it's not an illusion it's not an illusion it is something that you know defining people based upon their race is a very real thing and that's where we run into the problem we don't run into the problem because we recognize that natasha is a black woman because we recognize that jessica is a white woman because we recognize that the hostess was a korean woman that's not where the issue lies the issue lies whenever we try to define that that individual as less than when we try to define that individual as somebody who is not as equal to us simply because their skin color is different. So I am hoping that just as I try to navigate this and move forward and in a positive way to grow and be better as, as a human being, I hope that none of you who are in earshot of what I'm saying ever have to experience what I experienced in that moment. And I know for some, for some out there, it's, it's too late. You've already experienced that. But I hope that you're not so jaded to where you forget that at the end of the day, humanity is honestly what, what wins. Black, white, Asian, indigenous, whatever, wherever you fall at under the rainbow, love the person that, you know, the person that you call friend. Be the friend to your friend that you would want your friend to be to you. Be the human being to the next person that you would want them to be to you. As always, thank you guys so much for listening, and girls. <laughs> I'm still working on that part, but thank y'all for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you for, like I said, just taking the time to go on this journey with me. And as always, take care of yourself.